0: Yeah, we can talk about the comic con. I want to hear your experiences because I was following you vicariously on Facebook and all your posts. I didn't
1: post a whole lot about it though. Like I just posted True. a couple of things, but but the um, things that you did post, oh my god! <laughs> I'm so jealous, man. Dallas Comic Con, uh, dude. I had no idea how to smile when I met Nathan Fillion. Well, I, I, I could tell. I had, I had no. I was like. It looked like the Christmas photo that you're forced (laughs) to take with your family when you're, like, 12 years old. And they're, like,
0: smile, and you've taken it
1: 20 times, and that's, like,
0: your fake smile. No, well, okay, so
1: so my first impression of Nathan Fillion, I was a little pissed off. Because they were bringing us through to take the picture and stuff, and it was, like, like assembly line. People coming through and, you know, all right, okay, go, okay, go, okay, go. Is this, like, your Chewbacca story? Uh, Not quite, because it it wasn't like he was outwardly rude. He just kind of wasn't paying attention it's like whoa dude i've paid such and such amount of money to come in here and get a a fucking photo taken with you yeah uh you got it though i I would like for you to pay a little attention and he wasn't like i came walking up and he's talking to somebody else okay and so like he's still not paying attention the photographer is just like standing there like and so eventually i just turn to him i go hey (laughs) (laughs) and he turns around he's like oh and i go (laughs) <laughs> and that's, that's that's the photo that we that's see. That's the huh? photo that you see. <laughs> what was on his? It looked like his chest
0: was wet, sweaty. That was sweat. He was sweating. Yeah. Oh, did, he, were they were they hot lights? Were they like no, sweating him he out? No. was on just.
1: Them? He's just a big guy. He is a big like, guy. He's bigger than he's got he back was back when he first started doing Firefly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like if you were to watch the first season of Castle and uh-huh. you see the suits that he's wearing, it's all buttoned up and he's got the tie up. Uh-huh. Now, whenever you watch the show in the recent seasons, like yep. the shirt's flared out a little bit. And oh, yeah. he's got like, because he doesn't have a neck anymore.
0: He's got that Alec Baldwin weight that he's put yes, on, that exactly. extra 50 pounds. When and that's he gets why successful. I didn't feel
1: quite as bad because I'm completely out of shape. But and and it always makes me feel worse when I take pictures with like beautiful women like Karen Gillan or oh, Katie yeah. Sackoff and I'm like oh my god I'm such a fucking hideous They're tall chud. and they fed, photograph I, well I as it is I should not be taking a picture with you but with <laughs> Philly and I was kind of like ah <laughs> we fit in we're both a couple of chubby guys this you could is be all right. family the way you were looking at. uh no but but seriously there was I was annoyed but at the same time I had no idea how to smile like I was like okay <laughs> whenever when when I when I smile with my mouth closed I look like I'm frowning Dude, let's go open mouth. Oh God, I feel like I look creepy. You <laughs> don't Maybe want to I'll... show your teeth. Yeah. Oh, there it is. We're t- it we're is. looking at it right now. There it now. is, right there. Well,
0: first of all, both of your hair is disheveled. Yeah. So it looks like you just went for a five k. Uh uh-huh. Between that and the sweat, Be- and then somebody just re- like a paparazzi. And
1: for the mo- and by that point uh-huh. in the day,
0: I was fucking exhausted. Yeah. Uh,
1: we were all exhausted. I, uh, there's some bags going on underneath the eyes here. Yeah. I can see that. <clears throat> no, we we got there and we couldn't find the parking spot that I had prepaid for. Yeah. Because construction had everything just about blocked off, so I just found a different lot oh, parked no. there. Uh, and then we had to walk about five blocks to get to the the convention center. Seriously, yeah, to get to the entrance where they were letting everybody. Didn't have any shuttles going back no, and forth or anything? No shuttles, nothing like that. You, we had to, we were walking, and it was kind of a hot day out. So by the time we actually get in the convention center, we are burning up. <laughs> uh, we finally get in, and we have to find the place to go get our tickets and stuff we had prepaid. Uh, so, we had to get all that stuff taken care of. And then, you know, me and my buddy Jeremy, we had like, I think between the t- two of us, four people. Like, we were like, okay, we just want to get these two things done each, right. and then we'll consider this a success. Okay, one, I had to get Ron Glass's autograph on my buddy's boxing gloves. Saw that. Uh, which was great. I'm so glad we were able to get that finished up. But then after that, Uh, I was just going back and checking on the Nathan Fillion line because he had so many people. Oh, I bet. They were giving tickets. And like, okay, if your number's within this, Uh, we'll let you in. Exactly. Was he the big name? Was he the big draw? He was the big draw. He was absolutely the big draw. Uh, He'd never made a Dallas appearance before. Well, yeah, because he canceled the last one you were going to go to, right? Because of pink eye. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I go b- I go there, and I get my ticket, and they're going, oh, okay, 1 through 200 are the only ones that can come in right now. Here's your ticket. My ticket was like 630 Holy shit. Yeah. So I end well, up no going— Well, no wonder Nathan looked tired at the end of the day. He oh, signed like a 1,000 well, autographs. Him. You know what? what, 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 what he what? signed your I'm thing I'm going to finish my story. I'm going to finish right, my story right. for a second, okay? I'm going to defend my friend Nathan. Well, before you defend him, you're going to realize you don't have to. Okay. Uh, so— I go over and I talk to my buddy, Jeremy, who's waiting in line to meet Summer Glau. He waited four hours to meet Summer Glau. We thought for a moment that he wasn't actually going to make it. Oh, no. Uh, But... I go see him, and I'm talking to him, telling him, I got number 600-something. And some of the people in front of him are like, hey, we've got numbers, uh, number 347 or whatever. You're, you're more than welcome to take this one. We don't need to. Wow. I was like, oh, great. Thank you so much. Nice. So we end up going, walking back and forth, you know, Sarah and I, as we. Uh, we're walking back and forth, waiting to see if they update the number or whatever. And, you know, it looks like it's taken a while. So I go see some friends in Artist Alley. We find the Impala from Supernatural oh, nice. and take some pictures over by that. Uh, And then we uh, come on back by, and, I mean, hours have passed, and they finally went, like, 1 through 300. And I'm like, okay, the next time they update this thing, I'll be able to get in and get this thing taken care of. Uh, So... We go outside uh, and just get get some fresh air. We come back, and Sarah decides she's going to go find something to eat. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go check and see if they're going to let 350 at least get up to 350, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll get in line if, if that's the case. So I get back there, and they're saying, like, oh, you know, 1 through 500 are now welcome to come in, and there's no one in line. I'm like, fuck. I'm going to get in there now. I'm going to get this taken care of, so I text Sarah. Reception, by the way, is horrible you're in this, oh, yeah. uh, this big iron box. Well,
0: 10,000 nerds all have iPhones uh-huh. and all on the AT&T network
1: simultaneously. Yeah, so they 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 effectively broke the AT&T network. So I get in line, I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'm going to get this stuff signed. I'll get that taken care of, and then we've got the photo uh that we got to take it like three something." And I had, you know, intended on Sarah and I both being in the picture. Uh so the the woman, when I'm in the line, the woman goes, okay, uh, no, oh. if you've got a photo up for Fillion, you've got to go over there because he's not going to be coming back here before the photos. <gasps> oh, no. He'll be back here at 5. The con ends at 7. He has a and a at 6. Oh, that's not happening. <clears throat> that's yeah. not happening. So." And I'm looking at, all right, I better get in line for the photo. So I'm texting Jeremy and and Sarah saying, hey, I'm in line for the photo, da-da-da-da, come find me, I'm in this place. Thank God those texts get through. Uh Uh, Sarah finds me, and we're standing in line for a little while, and I'm like, okay, babe, you know, I think I might just – you go ahead and stay here and get your picture taken with Fillion, which would have been better. Oh, my God. Uh, You stay here and get your picture taken with Fillion. I'll go wait in line for the autograph because I have a feeling he's going to get done here. You know, they say he's going to be back at 5.00. I don't know if he'll still even get to us by the time he has to go to his Q&A. Yeah. So I'll just go and I'll wait in line. She's like, no, babe. No, 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 no. You oh, stay here. Get a good your girlfriend. picture. You, she really is the best. Uh, but she's she says, uh, no, you stay here. I'll I'll go wait in line. And, and I honestly was like, baby, you will look way better in a picture with Nathan Philly <laughs> than I will. We can Photoshop please, her in. Don't worry. Please. I was like, well, we'll flip a coin. And she's like, no, that's <laughs> silly. I'll go and I'll wait. I'll just I'll surf Facebook. Wow. So she went. She went and she waited in line and uh, and was giving me the updates on people talking about, you know, nerdy stuff in line with her. Uh, and Shocking. We, and I go through, and like I said, go through, go through. Finally, this line, I mean, there's so many people. And it turns out, like, Jeremy and I are kind of, like, near the back end of the line. Oh, of course. So we finally, you know, he finally gets to us, and we get the pictures taken, and hence the, the awkward photo. And I immediately rush out to try to find Sarah. And I, I get in line with her, and you know we're waiting again. It was just a series of waiting in line. We paid so much money I know. to wait in line over and over again. But long story short, Too late. Had, had a great place in line. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> had a great place in line uh-huh. and uh, end up going up and, and getting the stuff signed. And when he signed the DVD, I was like, it's all done. I know. I and, saw that post. Yeah. And he, go, and he goes, really? That's it? You've got us all? I said, yeah, you're the last one. And he looks at. It, he goes, "Cool." And he starts to like take the the DVDs out. I'm like, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> and uh, and then he takes the first one that's him on the cover of like the first yeah, yeah. disc or whatever, uh-huh. and he signs it. Good job, and basically signs it again. That's awesome. Uh, and and the thing was, you know, he was really nice. He was very personable. He introduced himself to Sarah. Oh uh, wow! Introdu- you know, and people it was, love him, man. It was very and and you know what? That was really cool. Uh, it was. A way better way to end the day uh-huh. than just like taking a photo where he was like, Oh, okay, well yeah. whatever. Here's, you know, here's nerd number five hundred and eighty-three exactly, sitting next to me, exactly. smiling. It was a little bit more personable. So it was it was fun. The day was a success, but we were fucking exhausted. Uh, I'm so happy I never have to go to a con again. Oh, really? That was that's it. That's your that last was, one. That was my Moby Dick. That was my white whale. <laughs> let me let me. I, you know what? I might go to a con again. Yeah. But to like enjoy to the comic stuff. Exactly. But waiting in line to get yep. people's uh, like celebrity autographs. I'm never fucking doing that. And you again, miss all the good Joss shit. Joss Whedon shows up to one, and that's the only name I can think of that I can add to this thing. Yeah. But I'm. I don't care. You know. I set out to get the whole cast. In 2008, I was like, I want to get the whole cast to sign this thing. Oh,
0: this is a five-year, yeah. six-year now.
1: Six years. Wow. Moby Dick has been speared. <laughs> uh, I He looks I, like a whale, I'm done. too, at this point. I am so fucking done. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the Comic-Con experience. Awesome. Uh, but it was neat to be able to walk around because of the relationships I built when we were doing the Variants web series. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the artists and stuff that I got to know. I'm telling you, to man. go down there and kind of talk with them, catch up with them, introduce you know, my girlfriend to these people that I knew in another life, you know? <laughs> Look. I can pull down tail. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just cosplay of the <laughs> video game it's character. It's not just Anthony Michael Hall, that imaginary <laughs> girlfriend in Canada. She's for real. That's awesome. I told her, after I got the picture taken, I stood and I was like, baby, I don't know why you date me. I have no idea. If I were you, I would break up with me right now. Look at well, this don't say fucking. That. Look at this disgusting chud in this picture with Nathan Fillion. I cropped the hell out of that picture before I posted it. <laughs> I cropped it so much.
0: You know what, though? I, I know you're, you're disparaging your own self, but... Uh, uh, especially in that crowd at the convention crowd, and I, I love going to conventions. It's been a while since I've been to one. I, I should have gone to this one really. Um, you're the cream of the crop there, man. Okay, because um, I know what your what your competition's fuck like. Fuck you
1: with the backhanded no. compliment. No, 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 uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm
0: I'm saying like you're 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 talking down on yourself, but I know in that crowd like you're a god amongst men. Well, thank you. Yes, <laughs> <So, laughs> thank so. you.
1: The, the the real tragedy is looking in the mirror and going, you know what. I feel good today. I feel like I look all right. I feel great. And then taking that picture and seeing the picture and going – what the fuck?
0: Listen, some people just don't photograph well. You're, you are you
1: you have to be seen in real
0: life to yes. be believed, my friend. That's
1: what, that's what I believe. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joel. Uh, so let's get on with what the fuck we're oh, actually yeah. supposed to be doing We have here. another podcast. This here. is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. And mine's Joel. And our ongoing mission is to watch movies, movies that might be underappreciated and maybe movies that are hated for good reason, mm-hmm. and take a look at them and then give you our opinion and what we would do different and all that kind of stuff. And this week... Uh, we took a, a trip to Manhattan oh. with J-Lo and Ray Fiennes yeah. in a little movie called Made in Manhattan. This is a little movie aptly named. Uh, Joe, th- I feel like this has
0: been a long time coming, because we've been doing this uh, close to a year now. What yeah. are we on, episode 40 or something this, like that? Well,
1: we're getting close to 40. I think it's like 37. 37? 37? 37. 37 in a row? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff didn't know where we were going at first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, I, I, I've been clamoring for this episode for a while, because of all the bad movies we've done. We've done, you know, bad martial arts movies. We've done bad sci-fi movies, 80s movies.
1: We've never done a bad chick flick movie. Well, you've uh, never done a bad chick flick movie. Oh, that's right. That that was, April and I did the 30, 13 Going on You 30. know what,
0: though? I like that movie. I'll defend that movie. <laughs> I still say we haven't done a bad chick flick movie, because that's a good one. But today, we're going remedy, <laughs> to remedy that. With, You're uh, very,
1: very passionate in your opinion about this movie before we started recording. You
0: know what it is? It's be- uh, because these get a pass. A yeah. way too easy pass. Uh, and And... They need to be called out for the, the the drivel that they are. Yes. Especially this one. Well let's let's do that. Tell us about this movie, Joel. Uh oh my gosh. Okay, so you'd never seen this movie
1: before. I had never seen it before.
0: Well, unfortunately okay. this is one of those movies I as a as a married couple got drugged to years ago. Probably uh-huh. in theaters. I saw this in theaters. I probably paid like twelve oh dollars per ticket and and some dinner to see this movie. Oh god. And they're all the same. It's just so formulaic and
1: and listen, I like it people don't talk to each other. If they were just <laughs> honest with each other at the very beginning, yeah. it would you'd you'd you know avoid all this stuff. Yeah. one act play. Yeah. Um
0: but a lot of these movies um like I I, I like a good rom-com. I love when Harry met Sally. Hell, I even like love actually, faults and all. Uh-huh. Um That's a good flick, though. That's
1: a smart, romantic comedy. It is. It is. It
0: has a lot... uh, People tend to forget a lot of the... The, the other storylines they don't play so well, well but
1: that's the strength of Love Actually is the fact that it doesn't commit yeah. <laughs> to just one storyline don't like this it's guy it's a bunch of it's a bunch of little stories yeah. I mean you've got the the Martin Freeman one yeah. that kind of really doesn't go anywhere it's it doesn't
0: just, and I have to imagine that that gets cut out when they show it on TV because there's no way there's you no can way you show can that show like it. even blocking it because they're still simulating sex that's the, the side story where he plays
1: the porn star and they yes, fall or love. the porn
0: fill-in yeah order. that movie is like the Texas weather where it's like oh you don't like
1: it wait five minutes wait Five minutes, it's going to change. Something else will come. But up. there are Maybe so like many good moments. The Bill Nighy storyline is so good. That one's great. And I even I like the Hugh uh, the Hugh Grant storyline. Of course,
0: yeah, that's one of the favorites. One of my favorites is the Alan Rickman. Um, what's her name? Emma uh, Emma Thompson, uh, Emma Thompson. Uh, side story where it's like. This isn't just people falling in love. This is like this is the end of a relationship. You yes. can see all the different stages. Uh-huh. So made in Manhattan isn't any of those things. <laughs> it's,
1: it's not. I would never put it in the same caliber it's watered of love down. actually. It's
0: forced. It's predictable. It's predictable. It's been done before. Like a movie like this, it's like why even bother? Why right. why was this made? Right, I-, I can tell you what because J Lo had a contract. Yeah, that's pretty much why it was made. J Lo had a contract, and there was a name attached to this script initially that probably pushed it through. You know, two thirds of pre-production. Yeah, you know who that
1: name is? Uh, who uh, Bob Hoskins? <laughs> no, I, I, I had no idea he was going to be in I didn't this movie. Either we should have done this last <laughs> week as a, as a tribute.
0: Although I liked his, his turn and Hook better, but uh, yeah. no, uh, John Hughes, 1980s. John Hughes. That's right. Who is responsible for some of our our favorite movies? Not just us in this room, but collectively.
1: Who elected to not use his real
0: name? Yeah. When it came to the writing credit, and and, and I could see why, having seen the end product. But actually, I was reading on it, uh, reading about it, and uh, the script he wrote wasn't it wasn't like set in today. It was supposed to be like a nineteen twenties, uh, like
1: a Rockefeller type uh-huh. of love story. Was and that based makes on, so much sense right? based on like the fact that. You know, you had all these people living in a hotel. Who does that? No one does it anymore. Where is this hotel? But in the 20s, the Rockefeller, like, that's totally what people used to do. Yeah. So that makes a
0: lot of sense. That was one of the things that disturbed me about this, or I just found confusing, because they have a little scene at the beginning where the head of the, I don't want to call them waitresses, maids, the the head, what are they called? I don't know. You know who I'm talking about. She's like the head of the maid and she's assigning and she's running down the weeks and we oh we have the uh the, the Thompsons in. They're staying again in their favorite suite. Like all the people she's calling out are regulars. Uh-huh. I'm like what the fuck kind of hotel is this? Right. Like i say, in holiday inns. They don't know my name. It- <laughs> Nobody would ever say, "Oh, Mr. Burson is going to take the corner suite again. Right. You know how he likes his turndown down service, put the nice little mint on the pillow. Right. Make but sure
1: the sheets aren't tucked in." I guess in a high society uh high income hotel, I don't know. I imagine maybe once yeah, once or twice throughout the year you might have a couple of people that know. like maybe stay there, but nothing to the point where it's like, okay, they're living here for months. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Yeah. And
0: maybe that happens and we're just, you know, too low class to to realize it. I
1: don't it. think it does.
0: But like in this, this Ray finds he's a politician. He's running uh-huh. for office. His entire campaign moves into this hotel room. Yeah, like isn't there a headquarters Isn't there? there a, apparently, there's no campaign office, office anywhere. space
1: that you would rent out instead right?
0: of like paying. Who knows what they're paying for that hotel suite on uh-huh. a daily basis?
1: Yeah, uh, so that seemed impractical to me. It it was yeah, it was it was very impractical. Um <laughs> uh, I, I find it very interesting that the first thing that we're doing is uh, criticizing the, the Ray Fiennes character and like w- the motivations of what oh. he and his people are doing. When like right off the bat, mm-hmm. like the stuff that's going on with the J Lo character is so it's so trite, it's so shallow, uh, it's so unimaginative right. that it, that it's it's kind of sick. Um, you know, she's a single mother. Of course, she's uh, she's got a wonderful relationship with her kid. Yeah, her kid. You know, they, they they set up early the Chekhov's gun of her kid not being able to speak in public. Right. Um, he's he's into politics. He's he's into politics. At, like a twelve year old. He's, I know. He's Jeff's twelve 12 throwing years old, hands up. and he's into politics. And when he meets the Ray Fiennes character on the elevator, like just starts like waxing about Nixon for like twenty minutes.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, that. Yeah, Go ahead. No, you go on. I was going to say, that scene alone, uh, and we're kind of jumping ahead, because, uh-huh. you know, okay, so Ray Finds this politician running for office, his campaign's moving to this hotel, where J-Lo is, is the maid, uh-huh. and through some circumstances, her
1: son, what's a little kid's
0: name? Ty. Tyler. Ty. There you Ty, go.
1: Ty, because the actor who played him was named Tyler. Oh, that's a mention. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Right? I got to go method to get him to respond. <laughs> That'll
0: work. Um... So he's spending what the day the, the the week
1: with her in this hotel. I guess he is. I I couldn't because, understand why. Well, like, Cuz she's got a mom. Yeah, but apparently. the absentee
0: father, it looks like was supposed to pick him up and spend the week with him and go camping.
1: And, yeah, they were supposed to go camping yeah, and, he, and he he
0: bailed. He bails at the last minute and so J-Lo's stuck with her son. Uh-huh. And so he's just got to hang around this hotel while Mommy works. While he 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 gets in an elevator with Ray Fiennes and Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Who plays his his campaign manager, I yes.
1: guess. Um who plays a, a character named Jerry Siegel? Oh, oh, I didn't pick up Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster created Superman. Oh, I didn't. So pick I, up on I thought that. it was very interesting that they named his
0: character Jerry Siegel. Interesting. Is his character anything like the actual? I don't person? Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know because not a flattering portrayal. <laughs> I, nev- I, I would never say. met him. <laughs> okay, just saying this guy is kind of like a, a Schuster or, or a uh, Schuster. a, a shyster. Uh, shyster. Thank you, politician. Yeah. He's kind of
1: smarmy. So you mean like Stanley Tucci and everything that he's oh there. come on no, dude okay. what about the Julia what what about what about the 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 terminal? yes, it's the same character he played in the terminal he,
0: yeah he's a villain for for villainous sake
1: like he, he there's no motivation in what well, I don't hate Stanley Tucci in fact you shouldn't. I like Stanley Tucci quite a bit. you should love him, but I get a little annoyed with Stanley Tucci's delivery in every movie he's in because yeah, I feel getting. like Stanley Tucci's a little too. He plays it sometimes a little too on the nose. Like I liked him a lot in the Captain America movie where he played the Doctor, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Professor. Uh, but even there, I kind of feel like I think Stanley Tucci knows he's very endearing to his audiences. <laughs> of course, and I think he plays that up a
0: little too much. And and I think the epitome of that is a uh, Devil Wears Prada, uh-huh. where he's playing like the gay stylist, <laughs> and he you know everything is just over the top, and it's it's limp wrists everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, But he is so likable. Yep. I I like him even in this. What was
1: the other one? Didn't he play uh, Emma Stone's father in Easy A? They are fantastic. He's really good, but still very on the nose. Very, you know, no parent is like how Stanley Tucci acts. I know. Nobody is ever like how Stanley Tucci acts. The only time I think I ever really bought into a performance of his was a movie called Big Night with Tony Shalhoub. That's great. I I thought he was. it was so good. Yeah. Uh, about this Italian uh, – gr- a couple of Italian brothers who have this restaurant, and it's kind of on its last legs. And he – I think it's – he creates a rumor that uh, that um, Louis Prima is going to come sing at their restaurant. That's right. And that's the whole – that's why it's called Big Night. They have one big night, one last big night. And so he, like, lies to his brother that Louis Prima is coming out. Uh, and it gets everybody in; it fills the doors, but they still have to close because Louis Prima, you know, he never really shows up. But you know, they have one last big night—a uh, really good movie—and yeah. he turns in an excellent performance. But honestly, that <laughs> I thought very a very interesting performance in the movie *The Pelican Brief*, where he played the assassin. Oh, I
0: don't remember him being in that. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he that plays, must have been before I knew who he was. Yeah,
1: he played—he plays an assassin, and that's that's kind of different. But then after that, everything I've seen him in is kind of. Kind of the same. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I Would guess you so. say the same thing about Christopher Walken? I've said the same thing about Kurt Russell, and I like that about him. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of Christopher Walken, yep. totally off subject. Okay. I saw a trailer today. I did not know they were making a movie of the Broadway play uh, Jersey Boys. Oh, are they? And Clint he's in it? Eastwood directed this, this movie, and, and Christopher Walken's in it. Wow, and it's an awesome plate. Like if, if you ever, yeah. if you get the chance to see this on stage, see it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, it's very narration heavy, but it works. And I'm kind of excited for this movie. But mm. back to Made in Manhattan. Yes. Uh, you know they 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 totally got Ray Fiennes to try to do his his American accent in this. Wow, which is a lot like how he sounded in the movie Quiz Show. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And
0: successful? Would you say
1: I? You know what. Despite the fact that I think that Rafe Fiennes often has questionable taste in what movies he decides to do, yeah, I still like him. Oh, how do you think he ended up in this one? I think he was promised a different co-star. Oh, I, you think so? I honestly, because I sit there and I go, okay, Rafe Fiennes. Even though he's got kind of a questionable track record, mm-hmm. uh, he he has more strong films than he has weak, and he's also a nominated, like Oscar nominated yes. actor. yeah. I do not think for a minute someone was like, "All right, Rafe." Uh, you, J-Lo, romantic comedy. (laughs) I feel like he was sold on this movie a different way.
0: You know, and there might be some facts to back that up, because aside from John Hughes having penned this, this the original script, which is not what we saw, but the one that was based in the 1920s, originally Hilary Swank was going to be in that role, Oh wow! and then I guess when they were going to update it, it went through just a bevy of other starlets. Um, uh, Sandra Bullock was up for consideration, of course, Julia Roberts, America's Sweetheart. I mean, this is basically Pretty Woman, the remake. It is. Um, you know, without the prostitution side angle, but um, yeah. So, so a, a ton of people passed before they. Uh, I don't know. Can you can you make a movie where somebody's a maid and they're not a minority? Is that racist to say? Uh, blue, I feel like that blue was crush part of the movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she that's was a true. maid, but she was, but she was the only white one, and her two friends were both Hispanic. So oh, I feel wh- like they kind of skirted that. Remember, because it was wasn't know, it Michelle I, Rodriguez? I know Michelle Rodriguez was one, but I didn't know that they were both. Yeah, and then there was the other friend. Oh, maybe she was one. I think too. she has a white little too. sister. Yeah. All right, well, there goes my theory out the window. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not dwell on that. Uh, we'll let's, go, we'll it go past, let's go past that. Back to Made in Manhattan.
1: So uh, nope. a job opens up at the hotel. Yeah. And, you know, uh, JLo's friends are pushing her, like, hey, apply for the job, apply for the job. You've been here forever. You You should apply for this management position. Mm-hmm. So she's applying for this management job while at the same time. Uh, you know, taking care of different things around the hotel. And that's where we run into the late Natasha Richardson. Oh, my goodness. Uh, was... So
0: sad to see her on on screen again. Yeah. Just knowing what we know now. For For those who don't know Natasha Richardson, she was married to Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson. for a long time uh-huh. and then died just tragically, what, in 2009? From a skiing accident. It was a skiing accident. Like, she hit her head. And it wasn't one of those things like Sonny Bono where, like, instantly killed. Right. Hit her head, had a little but was feeling okay. And uh-huh. one of those things that just developed throughout the day, and then the next thing you know, twelve hours later, like she's brain dead. Yeah. just tragic. And uh I, she, she's great. She's great in this and the she's role really that she good has actress. to play. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like her a lot. And uh-huh. she pulls
1: off this role well. And and that role is like she just kinda plays this uh, this high society yeah. uh model type um
0: yeah, more of a, so- a socialite. I don't know. Kind of like Lauren Conrad in ten years, yes, like exactly. a washed-up OC star. Uh,
1: and uh, and she's she's staying in this hotel, and J Lo is apparently become her personal assistant against her uh, her better judgment, and uh, and starts like running errands for her, getting clothes or whatever. And so one day, when uh, when this girl, I think the name of her character is Christina or something, um, Caroline. Oh, yeah, yeah. the, N- the
0: Natasha Richardson. Nat- yeah, Natasha yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Richardson character's named Caroline. She's gone, and so uh, J-Lo and, you know, one of her other friend mates, <laughs> they're in her room, and she's, like, trying on her clothes. Yeah. And that's when, like, Ray Fiennes comes in, and that, you know, Ty had met Ray Fiennes. He's like, I want to introduce you to my mom. Mm-hmm. And, he you know, they come in the room, and, there's J Lo dressed to the nines. She's right. looking really good. She does look good. And Ray Fiennes is like, oh, would you guys like to go walk in the park or something with me?
0: How weird is this? Okay, so Ray Fiennes. First of all, we've already discussed he's he's oddly cast here. Like, yeah. I don't know who, who considers him a, a leading man, especially when this movie came out in 2002 or one, where like his big roles were uh, a Jew killing Nazi and and Lord Voldemort. And, well, quiz. Oh, show. I want him in my. Uh, he was in my quiz rom-com. show. I know, but he he was the kind English of a, patient. Okay. Yeah, all right. The English I can see. Yeah. But even in Quisho he was kind of a, a dubious character. Oh yeah, a An little anti-hero bit A little man.
1: bit, but he did carry that film.
0: Oh uh, listen, I am not saying he's not a great actor. I'm uh-huh. just saying Leading man in a
1: rom-com like this? <laughs> right. seems like a no. podcast Dude, anybody, if anybody were to ever tell me, if anyone was to tell me now, like, hey, we're, they're making a new rom-com. Ray Fiennes is going to be the male lead. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why? Yeah. Why need, is that happening? You
0: really need, like, a Hugh Grant or a George Clooney or somebody who's got that kind of twinkle in their eyes. Yes. He just comes off as creepy, especially when the way... He meets J-Lo is through her, like, nine-year-old child that he met in an elevator. Hey, I'm going to follow you. Why don't you come for a walk with me, son? (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for Chris Hansen to, like,
1: pop out of the corner. (laughs) Let's have a seat. Uh, uh, Just popping his head out. Uh, No, but that's that's the way it happens. And so they start to, you know, they talk, and she kind of finds out about this guy. But she's, you know, obviously hiding the secret that she's the maid at the hotel. Mm Mm-hmm ultimately I think that's, it's such a weak premise. Yeah. You know, I, I do, there's a part of me that kind of respects the fact that like, and this must be one of the few things left over from the John Hughes script that they They touch on the, like, you know, sometimes we're not completely honest with each other, but everybody deserves a second chance, you know, because the, you know, the, the deception that JLo had committed was, it was so innocent. It was such a white lie kind of thing. You know, it's, you know, I I really wasn't this rich chick, and I didn't, you know, I didn't yep. want to tell you I was just a maid. I understand that. Absolutely, I think any logical person understands that. They're like, oh, okay. You know, there are things that we tell people, and it's like, oh wow, oh, I probably dear. didn't have to tell them that. But
0: I, I want you to get into a conversation with a chick at the gym. I uh, I I used to shoot video at. Um a couple of times, I shot some videos for University of Notre Dame, uh-huh. and yeah, you know, I just bought some swag when I was there. And one of my favorite things is like a pair of gym shorts that uh, has like the University of Notre Dame logo, but it looks like a, a football. It's like their their football logo. Yeah. And uh, this chick was like, "Oh, Notre Dame! I went there too." And it's like, next thing you know, you just get because you don't want to be you don't want to be like, "Oh no, no, I'm right, I'm some lowly uh, you know, exactly. video producer who just bought this Ex- swag exactly. at the bookstore."
1: And and as far as you know, you're never going to see this person again anyway. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a little white lie. But unfortunately, there are situations where sometimes. You end up staying with that person, or you, yeah. you know, like you, 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 end up establishing more of a relationship with this person, like J Lo does yeah. with Ray Fiennes. Maybe they'd befriend your nine-year-old child. <laughs> exactly. Perfectly normal. <laughs> perfectly logical. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Could happen. Uh, so, uh, so, I don't, I, I don't think we need to dwell on too many of the details. Yeah. But eventually, it's found out after J Lo goes to the ball in like a Cinderella esque scene. She goes to the ball with Chris. Who uh, has now has Caroline chasing after him right. because of a case of mistaken identity. She's invited to his place for dinner when he was really meaning to invite JLo lo and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Bob Hoskins helps her get out of the situation. Oh. Uh, and then they have this moment where they go to this this big fundraising ball. And, you know, it, that's when Caroline recognizes J-Lo and is, hey, like, whoa, wait a minute. what do you, And she ends up, you know blowing the whistle on yeah. her with her bosses, right. saying, like, hey, she stole my stuff, mm-hmm. da, da da And she was like, I didn't steal your stuff, I just borrowed it. <laughs> uh, and, and that leads to this, you know, media frenzy. Oh, my God, Christopher, whatever his name is, is, you know, <laughs> falling in love with a maid, and da-da-da. Uh, you know, it was such a weird fallout, and then, like, the resolution to it was so weak. Oh, yeah. Like, they resolved the story in such a weird, like, deus ex machina kind of way that she happened to be working at the hotel where he happened to be making this address and the little boy Uh decides to face his fears of public speaking. Yep. Calls him out. Ah... I don't know. I don't know. And then they live happily ever after, I guess, at you, least for a year. That's that's the, oh, that's the as far forward that we get. It's, very, it's like one year later, the that, romance is still going strong. I love that. With yeah.
0: the fake magazine covers. That horrible, like, closing. Yeah, we're jumping right to the end. But, yeah, the, the credit sequence, or before we get into it, it's yeah. all, like, Inquirer and news magazines. And uh-huh. it's like, first of all, I, I hate when movies do this. When movies assume that the rest of the world is, like, revolving around – Who the fuck – like, do you know who your senator is? Do you know who's running for for Congress? There's an election going on in the city I live in right now. Yeah. I'm not voting. I don't know who's – I have no idea. I I would give a fuck if he was banging a waitress. (laughs) If he was banging a waitress (laughs) or a maid. (laughs) Or a maid. I keep calling her a waitress. (laughs) Whatever. Service industry personnel.
1: Did they not focus enough on J-Lo's ass in this movie? It's it's called out literally. Like, seriously, eight times in this movie. There's even one point where she's like, oh, I sat on your face. Yeah. Because his magazine was sitting on the bench. And she uses it. She sits on it and she's like, oh, I, I sat on your face. And then, you know, oh, my face is still on your yep. – it's still – and she's like, is it okay? It's perfect. Ugh. Like, oh, my God. How just let let it creepy go. is that? You just met this guy. Yeah. First of all, you're trying to pick up her In child. front of your kid.
0: <laughs> uh Yeah. Zero chemistry between these two. Who has, oh, yeah. who has less chemistry? Olivia Newton-John and Michael Beck from Xanadu <laughs> last week? Or these two? Oh, God. It's probably still Olivia Newton-John and Michael Beck. You might be right. Yeah. I, I don't know who to blame here. I like, like Ray Fiennes. He, he doesn't off, belong
1: in a rom-com.
0: He doesn't belong in a rom-com. And he, his character in this movie like has no, no dimensions. No. He is ever the nice guy. And he there's does, no he, faults.
1: There's no journey. His character doesn't go on a journey. He's the same character at the beginning as he is at the end.
0: And he immediately falls in love with the J-Lo character just because, I don't know, she's a hot Latina chick. Yeah. But even when he finds finds out that she's not who she says he is, he's totally willing to forgive her. Yeah. You know, there's no conflict there. Uh Uh-huh. The only conflict is that they're not supposed to be together.
1: The the weird thing about that conflict is the fact that, like, she goes rushing out of the hotel, like, after she quits, and he chases after her. And he's like, hey, you know, what's going on? And, you know, why didn't you just tell me? Like, that's his main point. Why didn't you just tell me? And she just like, goes on to this. Like, you would care. Like, you would want to be with someone who's amazing. I know. All he said was, why wouldn't you just tell me? I know. there was. He's that-
0: obviously chased you this far, <laughs> so he cares. Yeah. The, meanwhile, the paparazzi are, like, snapping photos. He's sacrificing his career for you. Yes. Obviously, it's something more than just a booty call, so J Lo. Maybe,
1: maybe have a calm conversation about it yeah, instead. In a
0: private location yeah. where you're not going to ruin this
1: guy's life, or uh, political it, ambitions. Exactly. <laughs> While t- Stanley Tucci's trying to keep everybody. Yeah. away. Nice job, Stanley. Uh. The um is, I really have nothing else that I want to say about this movie because the the whole thing is it's so it's so by the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's so predictable. It's the kind of shit that I hate. It's and the the fact that and I know we're going to talk about this. The fact that the movie was an enormous success. It
0: was. It was.
1: It was. A, it had a budget of of fifty five million, which is it's it's a lot actually. It's a lot for rom com, but you're shooting it on location in New yep. York City, yep. which is an expensive place to shoot. Absolutely. And you've got someone like Ray Fiennes. Yeah. You've got J Lo, who is kind of at the top of her popularity. She at was the time. hot
0: off of Sel- uh, Selena, and what else should she? do? Out of sight, out of sight, which yeah. is a great movie. It's a
1: really good movie. Her and George Clooney, uh-huh. and uh, who's that? Michael Steven Soderbergh right? in it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's the yeah. cop trying to chase him. Yeah,
0: great movie. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. Is this this is the beginning of the end then, isn't it for J Lo? I, I think so. Was she dating Ben Affleck at the time? No, no. This was this I think this was before pre- Ben Affleck. That's one of the things that that I, I can't get past watching a J Lo movie because apparently she's a horrible person in real life. Yeah, like so much so that you know her and Ben Affleck were engaged and ultimately he didn't follow through thank god the bullet he dodged cuz now he's ended up with the beautiful Jennifer Garner yeah. they have kids together storybook ending but apparently like there was an intervention like Matt Damon led a group of Ben Affleck's friends to have an intervention <laughs> to talk him out of how much how bad do you have to be <laughs> that's somebody's that money matt, are- matt affleck, affleck. <laughs> why not that's their celebrity uh, couple <laughs> name that you know, Matt Damon is going to you know, sit you down and have a sobering conversation about what are you doing with your life? Who is this woman that you're going to commit? Right. Uh, so not a very good person in real life. I, I'm just going to take that at face value. I don't know okay. anything about her. I, I, I kind of liked her in this movie. She didn't bother me. I liked her as the
1: single mother. She had good chemistry with her kid. She's an okay actress. My, my problem with it is she was okay, but there was nothing brought to it. Like, yeah. she didn't bring anything to it. She basically just kind of... It It had no ambition. It was a film without ambition. Yeah. And I know with a rom-com, you can't be too picky. You know, you're not trying to change the world. But at the same time, like... She, you could see rom coms that actually have some heart that you yeah. know where an actress really brings it, and at the very end, you know that's her emotional breaking point. That's yeah. when you're supposed to get like that that you know sizzle reel kind of uh, moment, <laughs> yeah. and you don't get that sizzle reel moment from her. All you get is the same old delivery, the same old tone. She basically keeps it right here on this one level, yeah. and she never really deviates from that. She maybe spikes just a tad here and there, but she doesn't really have a moment. You know, I watch. I watch a you know there there are a couple rom coms that, um, that end up having like some of those moments where you're like wow you know that's really good especially a John Hughes film yeah you've got some of those rom coms uh, 16 candles That's a great one you know you've got some really good moments there where our heroine gets to shine mm-hmm. she never really gets to shine there's this really uh really ridiculous scene where she goes into a store. And this girl's on the phone the whole time at the counter. Oh, yeah. And she's trying to get her attention. And this? then, like, all these women kind of start lining up. And she's like, ah, oh, I don't – you know, I don't think – you're here to serve us, yeah. right? And if you don't want to take care of us little people, maybe I'll talk to your manager. Isn't that right, ladies? Yeah, and they're like, that's yeah, you right. go, girl. She yeah. stands up for the middle-class woman. Right? That was it's totally... a bunch of rich women I know, behind I her.
0: noticed that, too. They are wearing, like, fur <laughs> coats and shit. Yes. But that was supposed to be the – this like, from Pretty Woman, the uh-huh. scene where – Larry Miller's like the, you know she gets turned away from the high yes. end sore and then comes back later with all these bags and she's like hey remember me I'm the one who you wouldn't let me in bad idea bad, like that was a direct lift of that scene uh-huh. I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't know that much about Pretty Woman
1: <laughs> it's, it's alright it was movie. a very
0: popular movie it's the not time. a bad movie do I'll you, tell think, you what, do you think it holds up a Pretty Woman yeah um, I mean for what it is and and here you want to make this comparison <clears throat> I don't think it's a great movie uh, I. Would happily die never having seen that movie again. <laughs> I've seen it a few times. It's fine. I get it. But what it did right was at least there was chemistry between the people. There was the chemistry and people. character. You, you, you believed in these people, even though the story surrounding them was ludicrous. Right. But... It must have been love. <laughs> <laughs> but it's over now. Yeah. You liked them. You liked them together. You wanted to see them together. You were uh-huh. rooting for them. And that was just missing here. Like, yeah. I could give a fuck... Ray Fiennes is like forever just smiling throughout this movie. He's yes. got this kind of creepy. He half smile. No,
1: he has no idea what to do. No, his his
0: world is falling around uh, apart around him, and he's still got kind of got this. Hey, it's going to be okay. It's, like, it's
1: all right. I'm going to walk my dog. Yeah, I know that's my voice. What that's kind the of politician going to? I don't know. He's just <laughs> apparently going to bring a hu- a dog into the penthouse of a of a a luxury high rise hotel. Yep. Uh, and then not really focus on his campaign; just want to focus on his dog and what makes him happy. He's the most irresponsible politician I've ever seen in a film uh, because they never really highlight what the fuck it is he stands for. Yeah, they they don't talk <laughs> anything about like his his what's his, his platform. What's your platform? What is it that you you know what what issues are you running on? There's nothing. The, you know, they say, oh, he's running for senate. For what? Like, for what? <laughs> I know why. Why did you not make this part of the plot? Why did you not make his struggle for the Senate race a more significant part of the story?
0: And you know, they were on to something there for a second. I thought they were going to go down this road because they, they have With this conversation going to the projects earlier, Exactly. Yeah. Where he's talking about, oh, i got to give this speech about inner city youth or whatever. And and she kind of, this is before she's revealed that she's not who she says she is. Uh-huh. But she's like, you know, if you really cared about the projects maybe you'd spend a little bit of time down there. Maybe, right. So I thought maybe, you know, oh, this is going to come back later. The next logical step is, they're
1: going to to go to the project. She's going to
0: meet his family, but there's going to be some hijinks where and she has to hide been, who she is. It would have
1: been a much more creative way for her to have to hide who she is yeah. to go to the projects and suddenly, like, people, hey, Marissa, what? No, 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 no. I'm um, sorry. What you did, must have mistaken what me. What, did he somewhere? just call you Caroline? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it would have been a lot more creative. Instead, you're in this weird, like, it's this this odd claustrophobic microcosm of just this hotel yeah everything basically takes place at this hotel has New York ever felt smaller it no it never has yeah and, and and it's kind of upsetting because it's a beautiful city yeah and they 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 make a point of showing you her trekking around the city at the very beginning yeah but then once they've established her at the hotel, it's basically always at the hotel, or it's always in her apartment. In the room. It, it's always in a room. You never really get to explore and enjoy the city. Even at the end when, you know, they're having their argument and they're walking down the city streets, it still feels very small and very <laughs> claustrophobic. could be anywhere. That could
0: have been shot here. That yeah. That could have been shot in Dallas, for all we know. Yes. Uh, before we get off J-Lo, I will uh, set your mind at ease and let you know that at least she was nominated for a resi for yeah. award that year. If that alleviates any pain It, 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 you had alleviates, in a,
1: it, it alleviates a little bit. Uh, you know... It, I've just I, – I would expect for her to be unremarkable, but it is upsetting to see, like, someone like Ray Fiennes be unremarkable. But we've touched on he shouldn't be in rom-coms. No. That he, or this one, anyway. He, he should, should. – well, I don't think he should be in any. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's the kind of chemistry that he works with. I don't think that's the kind of actor that he is, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the actor that does every kind of movie. It's very rare to find someone who can do that. You know, there's Alan Rickman. Yeah. He can pull that off because he's fucking Alan Rickman. I'm sorry, Ray Fiennes. You're not Alan fucking Rickman. I I know Alan Rickman and you are not Alan Rickman. You are not he. Uh, And even Connery. Connery can pull, back in the day, he could pull off a rom-com, but also pull off an action, also pull off some drama. Uh, it, It takes a very special kind of actor to be able to pull that off. He's not it. Now, Again, she was at the peak of her popularity. Rom coms make the most sense for her. Yeah. You know, she's done some projects that didn't quite make sense to me. Like The Cell. I liked The Cell oh, yeah. for what it was. I thought it was a great visual movie. Uh I really thought it was uh, interesting that they chose her; that she did. She was the star of that film, yeah. and and it seems like okay, they went with J Lo because it was easy to get her. I think she so. wasn't quite at the peak of her popularity at that time. Yeah, but that's when her acting career really started to take mm-hmm. off.
0: And it was kind of an experimental film, yes, not a big budget, but not a
1: small budget. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. they yeah. didn't expect much from her. And so when it came out it was like wow that's she's amazing in it no the visuals are amazing <laughs> yeah she just happened to, she just happened to look good in the visuals uh but but yeah, no, this was this is ridiculous. This is the and it was so it's so indicative of the time. This came out what, two thousand two, two thousand seven?
0: Two thousand two was December. It was the holiday season, so this was the counter programming for I guess Lord of the Rings or whatever big movie was coming out right. that year. Well um,
1: this this makes total sense though, because oh, absolutely. around that time, like early two thousands, we were lousy with these rom coms. Even <laughs> Jeff said when we first got in here, he was like, Oh yeah, I made Manhattan, isn't that J Lo and uh and Matthew McConaughey? No, <laughs> that's the wedding planner. Yeah. And that came out not too long after this. I think that came out in like 2003 or 2004, but then, you know, this is around this time we had failure to launch, uh oh, fools yeah. fools gold, uh, like all those rom-coms, like we were lousy with them at that time. <laughs> Half of them
0: did star Matthew McConaughey, yes! so you can be forgiven for thinking that he right? was in this piece of shit. Right?
1: So it was is there anything else you want to touch oh, on? Well, I, I just w- I am <laughs> I am so Done
0: with this movie. We'll get to my my least favorite part of the movie in a second, but just a couple of stats here. So, you're not alone in thinking this is a piece of shit. This has a 39% on uh, Rotten Tomato with critics. Audiences aren't much better at 43%, but like you said, made a lot made of money. But it made a lot of money. 55 million, and then it opened at like 100 million here uh-huh. in the States and then went on to do like 155 million. Yeah, it tripled its yeah. budget. I think that says more about maybe the time of year it was released and you really do need some counter programming and I guess people were hungry for, for some, for some a romance for aj some J-Lo rom-com for a J-Lo rom-com I'll tell you the most offensive part of this movie for me and Joe uh, and we haven't touched on it yet
1: is that there were so many Hispanic people <laughs> I know you're very racist I hate minorities
0: everybody knows this no it's not true at all I'm practically a minority. I grew up in South Texas. In fact, in the town I grew up in, I was the minority. I know. You had one theater and it had two
1: screens. <laughs> the the R-rated movie and the family-friendly movie. We've heard this story, And when Joel. Selena came out, it was in both <laughs> That's how much clamor there was <laughs> for that movie. No,
0: but uh, the most offensive part about this movie to me was uh, her friends, her group of made friends. Yeah. Who were so stereotypical, so over the top, like out of a Michael Bay movie? Oh yeah, just like ever dancing and laughing. Uh huh. I I,
1: I kind of have a theory about Michael Bay. It's it's almost surprising that he didn't. Ha- they didn't have the black maid speaking in rhymes. R- yeah, like, right. Or, or breaking out into rap in and referring point. to herself in the third person, or
0: saying something like "You go, girl." Uh-huh. Or I know that's right. Yeah, all just the t- but. But there are at least two, I can think maybe three scenes in this movie that they end with them dancing. Uh-huh. Like, we have nothing else to say. What's funny? Uh, why not you just dance <laughs> just around? Dance. Just make your You're a dance. fat black chick, and we got this tall, skinny Hispanic chick. <laughs> just dance. It's funny. People think you're funny. That's uh-huh. the most offensive thing to me. It is. As, and there is that one scene where it goes on forever. It's interminable. Literally, there's like 20 to 30 seconds, which doesn't sound like a lot of time, except look at your watch. It really is. Yeah. Where they end a scene... And then somebody starts dancing and they're playing, ah, come in, out. Yeah. But watch that scene and realize that there's no music playing in the room. Like yeah. nobody has a
1: boombox. Yeah, no, There's they, no cell phone. They, just start, movies, they like, just start they just, just started dancing.
0: You I'm know, come in
1: they're dancing in silence now, as they're shooting the scene. Was Joe. that before or after the montage of getting J Lo ready for the box That was right before it was the montage? Right
0: because then we go from that to this the prerequisite shopping scene. Where, uh-huh. Oh, you it. Which try was done dress, to girl. that song.
1: It, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then suddenly she's friends with that girl that was behind the counter. Oh, of course. She's given the necklace to her son and Everybody she, loves J Lo. Everyone loves
0: J Lo now. Oh my God. But just them like dancing For no reason
1: to nothing, Uh I I find that offensive. Yeah, Uh, I if I were to the the most offensive thing I think about this movie uh, was just the fact that it it it, it, (laughs) this sounds it's going to sound so it's going to sound really racist. (laughs) I but I felt like it vilified the white character, like right right off the bat, like it, it vilified. A lot of the white characters yeah. in the movie, it's true. you know, except for Bob Hoskins and oh, yeah. and Ray, but Biden. he's English. It's okay, but he's, he's English. He's not a real white person. But even he's from there, England. you get you get the impression that like you know he's he's still very stern and very like you know hard on these girls until the end. Yeah, where he's you know showing that he's helping her out, and when she gets fired, his show of solidarity where he he resigns as well. Yeah, do we ever follow up with his storyline? No, no, is that the no, last time we no. see him where he quits he's, over J Lo? The most. Wasted. It's a crime how they wasted Bob Hoskins in this movie. I know. That he's in it for like maybe two or three scenes and he's supposed to be, you know, if we look at Joseph Campbell's journey of the hero, he's supposed to be the wise elder who imparts, you know, his skill, his wisdom, his knowledge on this character so that way they can take it and move forward and slay the dragon. Um, <laughs> and it is completely wasted. Yeah. He, he he shouldn't have even been in this movie. There was really no point of having him in this movie. Uh, th- and that's kind of true for a lot of characters. You know what? I would be really regretful if I didn't mention this. And this just came to my mind. Uh, the brilliance. Uh, that that is Amy Sedaris. Who's she? Amy Sedaris. She's. Uh, oh my god. She's she used to be part of like the Upright Citizens Brigade. She's part of the Groundlings. But she oh, was oh, yeah, yeah. Caroline's friend. She was the friend. friend. Fucking hilarious! She's funny in every goddamn thing she does. She's a chameleon. I didn't even realize that was her at first. And then like they're working out, and she gets up, and she's like real chesty. Yeah. I'm like, Amy said, "Damn girl, (laughs) damn and tan." Uh, Yeah, she looks really good. But uh, I really liked the exchange. Even what J Lo had to with that exchange with her, I thought that was a that was a a part of the movie that actually had some life to it, Mm -hmm. and I appreciated that. Um, What did you think of the kid? The kid I thought was We didn't need the kid Yeah. We didn't need the kid. The kid was just this weird like device to get them together. Exactly. And we didn't need it. We didn't need the kid. We didn't need Bob Hoskins' character. We didn't need if we didn't have the kid, we didn't if we or rather, if we did have the kid, we didn't need the father, the absentee father. Because that makes no sense either. We really didn't need him. We you know what? I I did dig the relationship between J Lo's character and her mother. I kinda liked that that her mother would always, you know, we got that feeling that oh, she never felt like she was good enough because that's what her Mother put into her. Yeah, that's fine. I like that. That's called character depth, uh, and and I'm okay with that. But there were a lot of just redundant characters in this movie that we didn't need.
0: Yeah, no, uh, you're right because even the the security guard, the guy who's like watching the TV monitors. God. Yeah, the God character. I call you God because you see everything and you're still smiling. He's almost like the Anthony, not the Anthony Hopkins character, the uh, Bob Hoskins yeah. character. Yeah. In in. And then there's like another. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. There's too many supporting characters. There. Exactly.
1: There's the two bosses. There, That's right. There's, there's the, the head of the maid, the female, the evil white male boss, mm-hmm. the young and then guy, also the female. Yeah. Uh, he obviously
0: came into his money, like his daddy you exactly. know, handed it down to him. He uh-huh. didn't work. Yeah, like and, and, and that just
1: comes back to what I was saying about the, because I was going to yeah. touch on that with the vilifying the white characters. Oh, right. And, you know, not that I'm, su- I, I want to make sure that I clarify this for the listener too. I'm not super sensitive to it where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Right. Oh, these, no, but it's something that you notice where it's like, Wow, they really did. They vilified. You know, you look at your your cast of heroes. Yeah. Uh, you know the maids. Everybody was. It's a minority. It almost looks like a. It it, it almost looks like a fucking commercial for like Chuck E. Cheese or for toys. <laughs> that you've got each of every uh, every yeah. culture represented after school special. But you don't quite at this point now in advertising, you really don't need the white kid. Yeah. But you need to make sure you include the black kid. You know the Asian. The, the Asian. Yep. Uh, and now like you know your East Indian. I've they, noticed that, right? Yeah. They yeah. they've started throwing that into. And you know what? Hey, look, I'm fine. I'm cool with the equality thing. Down with the Kung Fu Saloon and all that. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you hear about that story? Yeah, Are you familiar uh, with that? Uh, the guy that the Andre Upshaw. Mm-hmm. Uh I actually roundabout know him through other people. Oh, really? And the thing is, like, good for him, the story you know about Kung Fu Saloon, they no one should ever do that. But this dude is also, like, a total drama queen. Oh, like, is he really? He's, he's Should we fill of, in the listener? He's part of, like, theater community and stuff. Oh. And is, all, like, it, all these different projects, trying to get things off the ground, trying to be popular. And I kind of feel like maybe it's not the most, like, noble of pursuits for this person. <laughs> but that's just because I've spent time with this person. And I'm like, uh, oh, my God. If this, you didn't know him, if, though. Huh? If I didn't know him, I'd be like, oh, right, you know, go for it. But I, I happen to know this guy. And... I don't know. I kind of find him despicable. Should we explain what's going person. on or we just Yeah, sure, you know. Part out? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, please, you. Oh no. Okay, so you know it better than I we do, have apparently. we have a local bar in the area called the Kung Fu Saloon. I like the bar. Uh, I like the concept yeah, they, of it. Yeah, they 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 have arcade games yeah. and and they're free to play at the Kung Fu Saloon. The clientele unfortunately is a little douchey. It's douchey. and you know what? That's why I completely buy that the bouncers were like, "No, you can't come in." Because DeAndre does not fit what they want in that bar. Yeah. And you know what? Shame on you, Kung Fu Saloon. So, yeah, they, they turned him away, and the reason they gave was because he was wearing high-top sneakers. But then they let the three other people he was with in. They were all wearing high-tops. <laughs> yeah. And then there was also another story where, like, you know, uh, I guess he and some friends or maybe another group of black guys were trying to get into the bar, and they wouldn't let them in because they weren't wearing socks but then, right after that, they let like a bunch of white people in that uh-huh. weren't wearing socks. Oh, I didn't know and that. And the thing one. was, they took video of this happening. Ooh, that's yeah. where yeah. So that's some damning evidence. hard to deny that. Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on right now yeah. it's the, the the Kung Fu Saloon. Uh, you can look. it Hard up to on believe Twitter. in Dallas, Texas. huh? I know, right? <laughs> it's uh, a bastion of uh, with
0: like the melting pot here.
1: So. Um, so yeah, the, the the vilifying of the of the white characters in the movie was probably the most offensive thing to me. Not that I was super offended, but if I had to pick something, since you did, yeah. that was offensive.
0: Well, I, and when I say that, just to clarify, when I say that I'm offended, I don't mean it from like a racial standpoint. I just mean from a, like a, a moviegoer uh-huh. standpoint. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely. Afraid that they're passing this off as comedy, and right. it's not funny, and it's not it's supposed to like jazz me up. Like anytime there's a lull in the script, we're just going to have people dance. I got you. No,
1: but the thing is I'll, I'll, go, uh, I'll go offensive by the fact that I just think it's kind of socially irresponsible.
0: Yes, very much to, so. To, to,
1: to promote – I wouldn't say promote, but to paint yeah. characters up like that because I, I think people underestimate the power of subconscious uh, suggestion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I will say
0: ahead. on the flip side of that, to, to just to be the yin to that yang, uh, the Natasha Richardson character – I actually thought they did a pretty good job of not making her be just like the villainous white until, bitch. The end, <laughs> until the very end. Until the very end, where it just
1: like a switch was just flipped. yeah. But
0: she's she's kind of a sympathetic character up until that point because there's a there's been a it's like a three's company episode. There's been a misunderstanding, uh-huh. and she thinks that Ray finds was actually into her and wanted to have lunch with her, and she's going through this divorce and she's crying. You know that's why she's working out with the, with the chick from UPB. Uh huh. Um, and then they she realizes later on that he's not really into her. And so you kind of see how she came to that. She's just not like an evil white person who doesn't want to see him with a a Wouldn't it have
1: been a much more rewarding uh, film experience? And maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you get a little bit more out of it if she finds out what's going on with J-Lo and ends up helping her. (laughs) <laughs> like instead. consciously trying to help J Lo instead of like becoming a, a jealous bitch and trying to get her fired. <laughs> you know, girls. That way, you have. Re- but see, it, I know, but that's the thing is, I do know girls, and I feel like in this in this respect, the character needed more, redempt, uh, more redemption. There needed to be more of a quality to this character. Yeah, I feel like that character, the way that she we, she was when we were introduced to her. I think coming to this realization of who J Lo was and what was going on. I think she would have ultimately helped her in yeah. s- instead of you know basically stabbing her in the back hang- now granted there it's really hard for me to sympathize for a character like a maid all right and then she was wearing my clothes, oh, and I'm like, okay. Everything yeah, they that's do in creepy. this movie that's is highly
0: up. illegal. Yes. They should have been fired. She should have been fired, her little friend, who like, oh, just put on the clothes. We're never going to no. – no. Like if I'm a patron of that hotel, I want those bitches fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're trying on my clothes. You're in my room. You're touching my things. That's right. That's violating.
1: That's right. So Unless I, it's
0: J-Lo, which I, I'm for. I
1: get that. But if we're talking in the context of the weird like, uh, urban fairy tale that we're trying to create with yes. this movie – uh, I, I just think that there were more worthy ways that we could have uh, we yeah. could have worked that character. Agreed. So, uh, so I guess we've covered what you thought the worst thing about this movie was. <laughs> yeah, those sidekick characters, man. What was the best?
0: Um, I I like Natasha Richardson in this. Uh-huh. I, I I you know we just talked about you know maybe they didn't. I like your idea of maybe having her be a little more redemptive. Uh-huh. That would have been a nice way to end it, especially because she's introduced as a character who did go through some heartbreak. She was cheated on, yeah, and she's trying to find love herself. Yes. if she would have instead of, you know, trying to get J Lo busted, turned on her or, or or you know turned with her and helped her and been, like sympathized with the pain she was going through, uh, that would have been nice, right? But aside from that, I thought she was she was pretty likable. She's cute, uh-huh. and uh, she did a good job of like, because I feel like on the on the page on paper. She could have been much bitchier. Yes. Like if somebody, we'll get to my recasting here, but if the person that I recast were playing this role, uh-huh. you, you would hate her. There would be no sympathy. Right. So I, I feel like she was right on that fence for okay. me. So I like Natasha Richardson. Uh, I think, and the kid.
1: I think the thing that I liked most about this movie uh, is that they didn't have J. Lo Sing. Oh my god. That's right. Everybody else is singing. And Everybody dancing. else is singing, but J Lo doesn't, which was kind of surprising because that's kind of the trope when you get like a music artist yep. in there who happens to act as well.
0: Although you know what They usually sing. This is the cynical side of me, but I I could see J Lo being like, you're not paying me to sing in this movie. You're paying <laughs> me to act. That was the old J Lo. That was that was Jenny from the block. I'm Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> oh my the god. The actress. Yeah. Uh
1: okay. Well then there's no but honestly Then there's no redeeming quality. Honestly, I can't. I can't think of anything else other than that. Other than the fact that New York looks really good when they act- <laughs> when they actually show us the Spend city, time showing it, uh, yeah. it, it looks good. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a mess yeah. from from every angle. Like the the writing is a mess. Mm. It's not like it's not god awful. It's not horrible. Mm. But it's just so forgettable. It's so average and forgettable. That's the problem. But you know, it, it, the the story itself, it didn't need to be told. It's a weak Cinderella story. Uh, and then you've also got like just some rough casting yeah. of this movie. I really would have loved to have seen the, 20, the 1920s yeah. version of this movie. I was
0: just going to say I mourn for the movie that John Hughes would have made with Hillary Swank. And it's kind of this Great Gatsby era. Uh-huh. And and, it, and and then that those social differences, there would have been more of a, a, a statement to be made. You could have played more into that instead of it's just, oh, this is 2002. We're, yeah. we're doing pretty good as far as well. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that.
1: So <laughs> say we're doing pretty good as far as racial equality goes. Uh, but, uh, Kung Fu Saloon. Yep. Uh yeah. So if you were to uh recast this movie, how would you do it?
0: Alright, so here we go. So in the J lo role, the, the uh the the title role, she is the maid in Manhattan. Um I like Rosario Dawson. Nice. It's maybe a little too
1: on the nose. No, but but I, I like it. I, I like Rosario yeah, Dawson. She's... I mean
0: you can't get away from the mi- minority angle. Uh, you have to have a minority in this uh-huh. right in that role. Well, because that's the story. That's the story that they're telling exactly, and it plays into the the, the plot. So yeah, um, so she's cute. She's likable. I could, but she's kind of fiery. I could see her pulling this role off. How about
1: you? Uh, I, I like I said, I agree. I think I think Rosario Dawson. I'm going to let you go through the rest of your. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll do it.
0: So, uh, playing against Rosario Dawson as the politician, the Ray Fiennes character. Uh, how about Bradley Cooper? Nice. He's he's handsome. But uh, we've seen him kind of play a little bit batshit crazy in the uh, uh, what's the playbook movie the silver, silver lining playbook. playbook. So he's not always just like the you know the the the, the perfect man. Uh-huh. He's got a little bit of a of a darker side. I can yeah, see him doing that. He's got a rough edge, but he's easy on the eyes. Yeah, and he I is. like the look of the two of them together. Can you imagine the babies they would make? They would make some beautiful babies. Beautiful babies. Like you could sell those babies in the black market. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> no, I'm <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> That is a little racist, isn't it? And then uh, as far as Natasha Richardson, now here's the character who uh, – an actress, a lesser actress, where I don't think you'd be as sympathetic watching Cameron Diaz play that role. Uh-huh. She, she does not play uh, – th- she's either good or she's bad. And the last time I saw her where I, I was rooting for her was in My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay. Where, uh, but I, I feel like we've lost that, that Cameron Diaz. I feel like she's gone. I feel like what we have now is, is the shriveled shell of <laughs> the Cameron Diaz that was in the mask. Of, of yesteryear. And she's now a vindictive, kind of older, trying to hang to her youth. She would be angry at the waitress, the maid who, yeah. uh, who stole her man. So Cameron Diaz in that role. Uh, Stanley Tucci as the, uh, the, his manager, his campaign manager. How about Eddie Norton? Edward uh, Norton. Yeah, because you need somebody who's a little—he uh, can get frazzled, Uh-huh. Uh, and but he's not entirely a bad guy. But you can see him trying to do his job and struggling to keep Bradley Cooper on the straight and narrow, and just failing at it. And then uh, in the the late Bob Hoskins role, kind of showed my hand a little earlier Man, by I, calling. I, I out didn't. I didn't cast these two. I, this is the last one I have. But uh, so how about Sir Anthony Hopkins? Now maybe it's just because their names <laughs> the are similar. The hops Hoskins versus Hopkins, <laughs> ooh death match right there. <laughs> oh, too soon. Yeah, a too little, soon. A little too soon. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's he's got the English accent. He's very stately, uh-huh. and uh, I could see him in passing some uh, good good advice along to Rosario Dawson. Got so you. that's my recast. Okay, of
1: this movie. Uh, I think I went a little um, Disney with mine. Ooh, uh, so Uh-oh. I know where this is going. <laughs> in the the maid in Manhattan, the maid character Marissa. Uh, I went with Selena Gomez. Yep. I knew you were yeah. going to do that. <laughs> Selena Gomez. Uh, she's like 12. Uh, or she's 20. 18. She's 18, 20, right. something like that. You know what? We're younging it up a little bit. All right. Uh, and could she have already had like a child, though? Or are you? Hell yeah. <laughs> as a 20 year old? She could she have a child as, as a 20 year old. All right. A nine year old boy? Or it doesn't have to be her kid, which when we get to the bottom here, oh. you're going to see what I'm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do um, go. Okay. So in the in the role of Christopher, the Ray Fiennes character, Zach Efron. <laughs> you are going all Disney. I'm on g- me. I'm going a little Disney Holy on you here. Uh, Caroline, the Natasha Richardson character. Yeah, Emma Stone. Ooh, <gasps> yeah. I'd really like to see her play uh, a role like that. You know? See, and she'd have that nice balance too. Uh-huh. I think so. Oh man, uh, has she ever played a villain? Uh, I can't think of a time un- when she's ever an antagonist, been antagonist. At least I've never. S- I don't think I remember her being an antagonist. Ooh, this would be a great turn for her. Yeah, like she kind of, she kind of wasn't like the main female lead in Superbad, right? But she was still one of them. Oh yeah, and she was still sympathetic, highly likable. Um, okay, I didn't do the Stanley Tucci character, but since you did, uh, I'll throw Bruce Campbell in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think that would be fun to see uh, Bruce Campbell work off of Zach. Efron. Zach Efron. That's uh, awesome. Um, the Bob Hoskins character. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's um, let's make that Harrison Ford. Okay. He's, he's a crotchety old man now. He is a crotchety old man. And okay, for Ty, just the kid character, mm-hmm. I went with... Ooh. Uh, Quivisane Wallace the girl who's going to play Annie in the Annie remake oh nice but yeah. th- so the way that I was going to play this is the fact that like she's more kind of like an adopted little sister ah. that now Selena Gomez has to take care of nice uh, and yeah just to, to give it even more racial diversity man you know what and that's true because
0: I was having trouble thinking like oh, I can't pick anybody too young because I have to have this nine-year-old kid Uh huh. that's a nice way to get around
1: it yeah you still got the same dynamic though that would work <laughs> I think I think both of these would be equally <laughs> bad slash good. Yeah. So, uh, I no guess saving. What we've learned about exactly that's what we've learned about Made in Manhattan. There's really nothing we can do to fix it. <laughs> it's broken. Uh, so let us know what you think if you saw the, if you've saw if you've seen this movie. It's good. <sighs> uh, if you've seen this movie, you could go ahead and write us on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and then type in Editing Bay in the search bar, and that should bring us up. Look for the lady with her eyes bleeding. And let us know what you think or give us suggestions for uh, for other movies that you'd like us to see. Uh, also, you could go to our website at editingbay.com, and you could check out all of our previous episodes there as well as on iTunes. But also on our website, you could see uh, we've got those T-shirts from our live show, yeah. limited edition live Editing Bay T-shirts. Joel, tell them about it. Uh, It's a t-shirt. It's from the live show. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, it's a little, it's
0: a play on our logo. If you know our logo, the the one that Joe always describes with the lady with the eyes bleeding, kind of the pop art kind of feel. Um, This is an idea that uh, our own Jeff Earnshaw came up with. Brilliant idea where he, you know, where we watched Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie, and he was like, why don't you just mash them up? Why don't you make a Masters of the Universe logo of this, where his eyes are bleeding? So that's what it is. It's Prince Adam, eyes are bleeding uh you know $15 a pop we've got all sizes like joe said limited edition so get them while you can that's right and uh support the podcast
1: and uh and coming up we're hoping to do um a a different kind of episode we're uh, we're hoping to get a, a friend of ours Brian Harden in i'm excited us. about this uh i i hate Teasing it because it might not happen immediately. But we've uh, there's a there's a little low budget superhero movie called Roachman Mm -hmm. that I was in years and years and years ago. You're burying the lead, Joe. Back when I was like 20 years old. (laughs) <laughs> Shut up. And, uh, <laughs> you were younger than that. And, uh, and Brian was the writer-director of this movie, yeah. and we're hoping that we can get him to post that somewhere so that way you guys could check it out, and then we want to get him in so we can have an in-depth discussion, yeah. you know, interview him about the process of getting that made, That's right. and just kind of share stories about getting that, uh, getting that movie off the ground.
0: Yeah, because he's an old friend of ours. I used to work with him, and I had no idea you had this relationship with him where you had done this movie together, uh-huh. but, but I saw the movie before I even knew you, Joe. <laughs> and so I can't wait to go back and revisit knowing the Joe that is now. Now, yes, be in this piece. I, I mean, that's going to be the hard part of that episode: tiptoeing around what a piece of shit that movie is. <laughs> but I mean, I think he will admit that. I I will admit it fully. I, but it is it is ambitious. I remember being like, I, he was my hero. I was telling, I oh, got I know this guy he made this special. You know, he made this movie. It's got special effects in it and everything. Uh-huh. There's uh there's...
1: for the time what he was Dude, doing. Like yeah. some of those special effects were pretty decent. It's really impressive.
0: Like what he put together is really impressive. I can't wait to get him in here and talk about it. Yeah,
1: again. and well, there's and there's also some stories that I can't wait for him to. I don't know if he knows them Uh-oh. Uh, where there was, there's there's some fight choreography some scenes oh no uh, and we were doing what there's one scene we'll talk about this again but <laughs> we were doing one scene at like a karate dojo where like the climax of the movie takes place right and so they were like they did the fight scene with the main hero and then there was some fight scene stuff with me. And one of the choreo, not the choreographer, but the guy who runs the, the karate dojo, yeah. he was like, it's really a bad case when like the sidekick fights a lot better than the Whoa, Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it was so funny. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll have that for you coming up next week. Uh, we will keep you informed on uh, the website and also... On Facebook. So uh, until then, thank you so much for listening, Jeff. Thank you as always. Yes, Joel. Yes, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Uh, my name's Joe. Mine's Joel, and we are the Editing Bay. We'll catch you next week. Thanks,
0: guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.